Previously on Gus Tulip, Private Dick. Gus found himself hurtling through space on the Crosspod Express. On board, he met a host of odd characters, including the laughers that fall. We always speak for one as we do for all. Who warned him that an old nemesis was still alive and up to no good. Chasing after Bethany Muerte, who was also on board, Gus got knocked to the ground, falling straight through the floor and into the void. But let's waste no more time now and move right along. Hope you're ready. Here we go. One day, when he was tired of all the killing, Ben Bufo sold his house, left town and started over down in Massapequa County, trying his luck at the failing rubber plantations. But that's beside the point right now. This is also not the story of a man who just missed the only bus that day, to miss the only boat that week, to miss his grandfather's funeral. Because he just absolutely had to stop and get a waffle. Nope. Our story picks up again inside Gus's apartment, where he has just woken up in a state of general befuddlement after sleeping deeply for an unknown number of hours. Oh, in case you need reminding, his name is Gus Tulip. And he's a dick. A private dick. Gus Tulip, a private dick, oh oh, oh, yeah. Now, we may not have covered this before, but Gus lives in a small studio above a stinky tofu factory. In a structurally damaged building between a chemical waste dump, weapons testing ground, and nuclear power plant. He has lived there for a while, since before growing his third and fourth nipples, in fact. Here, Gus awakens on his hard, lumpy mattress with a host of aches and pains throbbing callously through his head and down his spine, a severe lack of memory and an overwhelming sense of loss. He sits up, opens his bedside drawer, then snorts, smokes, and swallows half his stash. Heading to the bathroom to pee, Gus is surprised to find an octopus in his toilet bowl, still alive. Of course, Gus keeps him, puts him in a bucket, calls him Bertrand. Come on, what would you have called him? Simbad? Wait. That ain't half bad, actually. Yeah, that's definitely better. The bathroom mirror reveals a filthy, emaciated man with a scruffy beard and skin the color of washed-up corpse. These are just the facts, and he accepts them as they come. But his recent history is a mystery that is harder to unravel. How long has he slept? How did he get home? Where did Simbad come from? 
Why do people like The Walking Dead? 10 seasons? He doesn't get it. As Gus sits in his underwear, drinking warm single malt and diet Pepsi from a plastic mug, memories seep muddily back to mind, like tides in mangrove swamps. Stepping into a pod. Vast open spaces. A train. A conductor. Tickets, please. And a southern man named Falky. Sorry, but I'm deaf in one ear and blind in the other. Muerte had been close. He had felt her, sensed her, heard her, but he had not reached her. Oi! Watch it! Oi! She had eluded him again, and then he had fallen. Gus pours all his remaining amphetamine, ketamine, benzodiazepine and Charlie Sheen onto a plate, cuts it all together into a gargantuan unholy cigar of a line and snorts it in one fell swoop so that his eardrums rupture, his eyelids shrivel and crack, his sphincter cramps up and a part of his cerebellum necrotizes. And only then does he remember the message he'd received. Beware But beyond that, it's all a blank. Another surprise awaits in his fridge, beside the meatball sandwich he's about to devour. An envelope full of cash, mostly tens and twenties, half of which smell like manure. And there in the fridge is his phone too, somehow fully charged. Screen says it's Friday, six full days after the unusual inventions convention. And what do you know? There's a voicemail. Hello, Porkchop. May I call you Porkchop? Thanks, Porkchop. <coughs> you may call me Gable, Hilario Gable. And you may think of me as your new benefactor. <coughs> My colleague and dear acquaintance, Dops Fabulon, was unexpectedly called away and has asked me to take over from him in this very loose narrative. So please carry on as normal. You will find sufficient cash in this envelope for all expenses, and as a token of goodwill, I have also extended a modest line of credit for you with your local dealer, as well as at Madame Dijon's, in case you have a hankering for top-of-the-line pudding. I trust this is all in order, so don't let me down. I'll be in touch again soon. Pork chop. Gable, out. Hmm, whatever. As long as he gets paid. Since Gus still is, by some definition, a private detective, he checks his phone's photo library for clues about the days he lost. And photos he does find. There's one of a turtle riding a skateboard, and one of a man in lederhosen drinking milk straight from a cow's teeth. There's a short video of a lady opening a large box to find a perfect replica of herself, and one of a guy playing Scrabble with three doppelgangers. There's a saved Simpsons porn gif featuring Marge and Duffman, and a pic of a fellow with boobs on his ass and butt cheeks for a bosom. Then. 
there's a series of photos of Gus with an unfamiliar woman with a shaved head. Her expression is ever-changing, as if she is more than one person, and her face is hard to describe. Here, she looks like she just broke off a five-year affair with the only man she ever loved, so she could try and do right by her family. But there, like her favorite jam just came on in the club. Here, like someone who just found out her dad had had a brother who was murdered. But there, like someone trying to hold in a brutal fight at an intimate dinner. In all the pics, she also looks like the type who'd be okay with being a sales rep for a new anxiety drug that hasn't been properly tested and might cause strokes. Now available without prescription. There are photos of Gus and this woman sharing a bowl of ramen. Picking the lock of an old fishing box. Holding a glowing blue orb. Trimming a bonsai. And of the two of them out at sea, attaching a radio transmitter to the tail of an albatross. He does not remember this woman, or any of these events, or anything further, besides one single phrase that pops into mind with a stubborn echo. The gossip. Gossip. This day is certainly full of surprises. And soon there is another. As Gus opens a can of tuna into Simbad's bucket, there is a knock on his door. But let's pause here for a message from our sponsors. Because today's program is brought to you by... Spotless white clothes to eat beetroot in. We're talking whole outfits, head to toe, white as Alaskan snow, to prepare, cook and eat beetroot, borscht and goulash in. Try it with blackberries, bolognese and red wine too. Pizza grease? Sure. Balsamic vinaigrette? We've got you covered. Just get changed and get chompin'. Spotless whites to eat beetroot in. Beetroot not included. This program is also brought to you by... MudaWiki's Instant Analysis Kit. With a single hair follicle, we can confirm your favorite color, movie, song and food. So you don't have to guess anymore when people ask you at dinner parties during small talk. You can state them now with confidence. Indigo, Meet the Spartans, Achy Breaky Heart and Wiener Casserole. Conversation is bound to flow. MudaWiki's. Come on, let us rip out your hair. Gus opens the door to find two tall, thin men in maroon capes with bowler hats and horn-rimmed glasses. Good day, Mr. Tulip, and a good day to you. Allow me to introduce ourselves. We are the laughers that fall. I am Laffer Bentley, and this is Laffer Franz. His nose is pointy and crooked, as if it got stuck on a hook while he ran by. We were once the cranky creatures who wore sandals in the snow. And for a brief period in the 90s, the constipated clowns who stole cheese. 
but we changed our ways and our name to follow the true call. Rebranding globally, which was not easy given our complex franchise model. Anyway, we always speak for one, as we do for all. For we are the laughers that fall. They both touch wrist to forehead as Gus lets them in. I do believe you met our colleagues while inside. Laugher Gertrude and Laugher Mike. But it was not safe there where there was no place to care. She was close and they were watching. Yes, the scorpion had raised her sting. But who knows about these shapeless things? Carried in on the back of a whispered whale. Or in a yak's butt crack. And sure to cause mild heart attacks. A fly lands on Gus's one hand, and at the same time, a moth comes to rest on his other. And now, Mr. Tulip, we have another message for you. Maybe three, or maybe two. <coughs> Dobbs Fabulon was not suddenly called away. He was murdered. Decapitated, in fact, and fed to stray cats. Fabulon was not who you imagined. Oh no, not at all. He was but a pawn in a game engineered by the name we both know as Goblin, Nemesis, Mastermind, and Fiend. The man with mushrooms growing from his armpits. He who hates the sound of the rain and of oceans, the butcher of poopy, the smooth defecator, the garlic Jehovah. He needs no further introduction, not to you and not to we, for there's none other it could be but Stinko Fist. Stinko fist. Not from this dimension. Stinko fist. He loves One Direction. Stinko fist. He's got 14 toes. Stinko fist. And he's the number one foe. Stinko fist. Yes, our intelligence suggests he's been a very busy boy since you once shared a history and a special bond. And since you presumed him dead, after taking an entry-level position at Man Bun Incorporated, before the Great Wasabi Embargo of 13, he quickly climbed the ranks, first as Donkey Punch Director at Funbird Pharmaceutical, then as Chief punk scoundrel at Blue Dung Industries, before finally accepting the role of Supreme Kaiser Motherfucker 
at global conglomerates and multifarious powerhouse no flush holdings. Now that's what I call upward mobility. Yes, Stinko Fist has been up to much and much of that much has been no good. He is the driving force behind many shady new ventures like chaos harvesting, affection degradation, flesh-eating paranoia, and portable psychoses. <laughs> and has taken a close personal interest in the cloning work of Jonas Stinkwolf at Bush Karamba. In fact, some say they were lovers for a dirty weekend. But that's beside the point right now. Bentley makes a face as if he's eating live hornets. For we have gotten wind of a filthy new endeavor involving no flush holdings, advertising, marketing, and copywriting sector. There is something utterly rotten going on, but we know not exactly what. That's where you come in, Mr. Tulip. That's where you come in. Use your skills as a private dick to infiltrate, accumulate, and formulate an hypothesis. It is of utmost importance to us all, or everyone will surely fall. Ooh, I like your octopus. And there you have it, folks. We have reached the end of another episode. Please be sure to subscribe, follow, share, and all that good stuff. And check out Canterloop on Instagram for more funny and silly content. Also, visit gustulip.com for full transcripts. In case you missed something. And other cool stuff. By the way... <laughs> all voices by Canterloop. So... Bye now. This has been a Canterloop production.